Welcome to today's episode. It's actually a solo recording that I, Cassandra, recorded about my specific journey. So my postpartum, my pregnancies, my thoughts on pelvic floor, and why I'm so passionate about educating and empowering women to get to know their bodies to take the time to regain and retrain their strength because I just feel like there's so much more empowerment and confidence in it. And I'm just so passionate about it. So it's a great episode. I'm sharing a lot of personal stories in here that hopefully resonate with you. I just kind of sat down and of course, if you've been following me for a while, you notice that I'm really good at talking. So it was like almost an hour, but it really is a quite an up and down story about me talking through, again, my different experiences with pregnancies, my personal stories with postpartum and how it affects our bodies. And then diving into pelvic floor, my own pelvic floor work and some, you know, myths, even though I'm a trainer and I have all the information and I've created programs and how I'm still going through a lot of the healing that you're going through, how I'm still experiencing the same things that you're experiencing when it comes to pelvic floor and healing and motivation and accountability and dealing with life with two little children now. So I hope you enjoy this and if it resonates, let us know and otherwise enjoy. So something I want to dive into today was my own story. I talk a lot about the things that I know. I talk a lot about with people and you know what? I've actually shared a lot of my own story in this podcast and I think that's uh, part of the reason that I love to guide people. I feel like I commonly talk about my own story to help other people open up and to allow there to be more space for vulnerability, for personal stories, for sharing and swapping information amongst, well, women and community. So I do feel like that's something that I've always done. Um, It just feels like, you know, put the spotlight on me for a minute and hope that other people will feel more comfortable to also then shine. It's kind of what I go with. But today what I want to talk about is my own postpartum journey and why I'm so passionate about helping women get more out of their postpartum experience and my personal like modality. My specialty is working with movement. So working with the body. And so I really dive deep into the pelvic floor work, the connection to the core and, you know, everything else that goes around that too. There's a a big part of being able to have the space and the mental clarity and the energy to even move in general is a mom who isn't completely burnt out and overwhelmed. So there's also a large part of me that dives deep into trying to prevent burnout as a new mom and trying to decrease the overwhelm for other moms to have community and support so that they feel safe and seen. Because when we feel safe and seen, we feel some of our emotional needs are met. And I think that makes our body feel safe, which means it's going to respond better to movement, to strength. So I actually really find myself a 
as a, again, like a holistic view, just a viewing you as a whole person when it comes to uh, my type of coaching. So working with different moms and working with postpartum clients and prenatal clients, that's how I usually approach any one-to-one consults or sessions. I always am looking at the whole picture. And then uh, I like to dive into like individualized movements that can help you connect back to your own body because I think that's what's really important is that I can give generalized, uh, like generalized movement guidelines and cues for people in a class, but that's not always going to resonate with every single person. So that personal trainer side of me, that one who can come up to you and ask you questions about where you're feeling this movement is also the same person who's going to help you tweak it and maybe do it a different way than everybody else is doing it so that you can feel it in your body. And then I can also get your body to do what I want it to do or, and make the most out of that time that you're spending. So you're not spending a lot of time, just kind of lost in your own train of thought, wondering if you're doing it properly, wondering if there's something better you should be doing. I try to be there the best I can to, to preemptively predict those thoughts and be there to try to help you. But the biggest reasons that I want to be there for other women is because even myself as a trainer who has all this information, who knows what it's like to go through prolapse, who knows what it's like to also go through postpartum where you're actually feeling pretty good after the first six weeks. I have two very different experiences, which I'll dive into. Um, and someone who's, you know, been recovering their core twice, who went into a second pregnancy, that was a bit of a surprise, which means in terms of strength, I wasn't ready for, I had a little bit more work to do, I think. Um, in order to prepare for a second pregnancy, if I was in that boat, there was, there were some things that some boxes I left unchecked that I would have liked to check so that I'm trying. So now I'm trying to prepare other women for these same things that I'm learning these lessons of. And, you know, I'm very grateful for these lessons. I do feel like my journey was my journey and there was there wasn't a lot of ways around it. I mean, I made any decisions that I wanted to so that I could feel empowered in my own birth because that was what I wanted. So I do feel like everything that happened um, in my story is in place so that I can help other people. Again, kind of coming back to this idea of like connection to the core and pelvic floor and like kind of retraining that or rehabbing that, um, comes from my original certification. So I did a postpartum corrective exercise certification, and now it's pregnancy and postpartum by uh, Dr. Sarah Duval. And she is phenomenal. I actually have like a code to pass on it. If there's any other trainers out there who wants to take a like pelvic floor specific course and also core again, corrective exercises. Like she dives into everything. Like the entire body is a kinetic chain. So we top down, she talks about the entire body and the ways that the pelvic floor and the core have an impact on the whole body and other things that you can assess clients on and what you can help them with. So that is something that I stumbled upon just on social media. I don't know how I found her. I think uh, maybe just a sponsored ad from all of my interests on Instagram. So whoever's doing your marketing is winning. Um, because there was, there's a lot, there's a lot of 
certifications you can do as a trainer to get into the the pelvic floor world and to work with pre and postnatal women. And I, I wasn't really sure it was something that I wanted to do. It was not my focus or my niche when I was pregnant with Isla. It was definitely something for me. I was like, okay, how am I going to be able to, I want to make sure that I can function as a trainer, as an active woman and remain strong in my body after having a baby. So I, I looked at it as a, like an investment on how to put myself back together. I didn't originally look at it as something that I was going to coach other people through. Hmm, funny enough. Uh, so then when I started that certification, it was so amazing and fine, like finely detailed. It really was like strong anatomy focus, again, strong kinetic chain focus, and it just lit me up. I loved diving into the information. I became, was obsessed. Um, it seemed from the outside, like it wasn't going to take that long, but it took so long to get through. And I kind of had to redo some stuff because honestly, there was so much information to take in that I didn't want to miss anything. And it really just sparked this love for like, oh, wow, there's so much information out there. I had no idea as a personal trainer. I think at that time I would have been training for four or five years, four years at least, and, and training women and coaching and coaching women before I knew all of this information, which happens all the time as coaches, we, we like change and evolve and we take new certifications and new modalities of movement come forward. And, um, as we learn, we just try to pass the information on the best that we can. So I dove into this beautiful certification, completed it, um, while I was pregnant with Isla. And then I became so passionate about it. I was like, you know what? I think that I'm going to do like a recovery program. I know I needed it. And honestly, I needed the accountability. <laughs> like I needed somewhere to show up and get this work done myself. So my first mama move method is what I kind of labeled the program. It was a postpartum foundations program. And it was designed online for new moms who were looking to gently find their way back to movement. And that's exactly what it did. It was very gentle, which was beautiful um, because that's what you need when you're six weeks postpartum, you need the connection piece. And that's going to be big as I dive in here, but the connection piece, which is like actually figuring out what your pelvic floor does that you have one, because I don't think I even knew what it was until I did this course. I had no idea the function and how much it truly connects to everything in your body. And it's like this foundation that you don't even know you have. And I found out all this information and was like, I need to share this. So that first program, uh, I still have those recordings in my postpartum foundations. I have been re filming a lot of them and revamping some of them and adding in new workouts, but that baseline program is still there and it's so good. Um, I really enjoyed filming them live as I was six weeks postpartum, as I was six to 12 weeks postpartum, because in those moments I was feeling those movements. I was completely connected in a new postpartum body to those movements. So I have a hard time actually like filming over them because I'm like, I'm truly authentically in the moment there where now, even if I refilm them, I know that my body's responding in a completely different way. Um, but that being said, I did that six weeks 
foundations program and I had four or five shout out to those beautiful moms who jumped in there with me and four or five who did it live for the first time it wasn't self-paced it was basically I filmed on zoom upload as it went rarely could I get people to actually get online because as a postpartum mom you know that like routine is null it's just non-existent um for a lot of moms, not for everyone, but for a lot of moms, it's hard to show up somewhere on time. Um, even if it's in your own home because someone didn't sleep well, or maybe you have more than one kid and one of them didn't sleep well, or you didn't get it. So there's always something that happened. So it was great to have access to a platform where I could upload it and then the moms could actually jump back in whenever they were ready and and move through these routines. And I call them routines or movement sessions. I don't call them workouts because I think that workouts comes with a, I don't know, like a predetermined notion that these are going to be high intense uh, or like maybe because workout is such a broad term. It's their exercises compiled in a 25 minute video and they are framed like a workout, but they are gentle. They are connection. They are dead bugs and bird dogs and pelvic floor tilts and heel taps and all of these beautiful ways to connect back to your body that are incredibly humbling because you don't realize that you feel like you have no core strength or you just physically don't have core strength left after um, having a baby. And even though you maybe, maybe you spent your pregnancy Uh, working out or not. Maybe you're exercising. I was working out like crazy through my first pregnancy because I was doing a ton of, at least the first, at least the second trimester, the third, not as much, but with my first, it was actually 2020. So everyone kind of moved online and I was teaching online as a pregnant human, like nine classes a week again. So I was busy. And, uh, as you know, I kept doing my thing and modifying as I needed, but I felt really good. And it really, really helped alleviate the like nausea. It helped alleviate, um, like if I was feeling just really low energy, it helped me, uh, just navigate aches and pains. I didn't get any back pain. I didn't have a lot of piriformis pain. Like I really felt like that first pregnancy was great. It it tricked me into having another one. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, but I, yeah, I went through that and then I did the six week program and I was like, okay, awesome. Like check. I did my foundations. I did my core recovery, did my due diligence. I feel great. My pelvic floor always felt great. I've never had any leaking. That has never been any of my pelvic floor dysfunction has never included any leaking. And that's important for me to highlight because Anytime I talk to a mom or a woman about pelvic floor dysfunction, the first thing they say to me is, oh, oh I don't have any leaking. But pelvic floor dysfunction is so, it's now become more, much more of a broad term because there are so many things that can uh, contribute to dysfunction of the pelvic floor, a weak or an overpowering or a pelvic floor. Um, there's so many things that can can manifest from that. But I, so I want to highlight that as something because I don't want that to be the only marker for you if you're listening and you're not really sure where your pelvic floor stands or if you have any dis- dysfunction that you need to address. I had no leaking. So I went into this, I was feeling good. I did my, I was up to three months and then I moved from that foundations program 
And then I was teaching online again. So I was like gearing back up to be online. This was tw- early January, 2021. And I was, again, back to teaching nine classes a week and I was right back into strength training. I did some modifications if I felt like I needed to, like things like push-ups and planks. I just didn't feel like connected or strong enough. I still knew that I was looking for things like diastasis. I didn't, I had a two-finger diastasis, I believe, width um, wise anyway from my first, but I did notice that it started to, to close closer to six to nine months a bit better as I continued my training. Uh, but yeah, so doming was something that I was looking for and that coning in my postpartum body. But if like, if that felt okay, then like my boxes were checked, I was able to carry on. And so I taught nine classes a week and I did that for months. Then about six months postpartum after Isla, again, this is probably hitting summer 2021. I started to feel a lot of heaviness again no leaking, but a lot of heaviness and just uncomfortable in my pelvic floor. And I was like, what is going on? Like I did my foundations homework check. I tried to go back to running and I think that's really what did me in. But the nine classes a week, plus trying to return to running, plus going on really, really, really long walks. Um, I believe, cause I don't have any physical evidence, but I believe sent me into us like a stage one, maybe prolapse. And I'm not really sure because I didn't know what I was looking for at that time. But I say that because I had similar feelings when I became pregnant again and I had prolapse this time. So then I was like, oh yeah, that's what that was. So six months postpartum me who felt amazing by amazing. I mean, like, I feel like you go into labor thinking like, well, that's it. I'm never going to feel good ever again. And then you have the baby and then you're, sometimes you're like, oh wow, my, my pelvic floor feels great. I feel like. I'm not, not immediately. Don't get me wrong. I feel like everyone's uncomfortable for at least the first six weeks, but I was feeling way better than I thought I was going to. And again, I didn't have the dysfunction that I knew to look for from my courses and stuff like this. And I was like, okay, I put my work in. I did my foundations work. I'm set to go. I can just, I can just jump back into the workouts and the schedule I did before. And I did. And that's exactly what I did. Now the same weights. No, I definitely new to like come down on my weights, but I was pushing my body, um, teaching classes and being in classes and being online, you know, there's the competitive edge. I'm not that competitive a person, honestly, but there was a little bit of that personal challenge where I was like, Oh, I know that I can do heavier than this. I did heavier than this when I was pregnant. Like I can do this. And in all honesty, your training will shift with pregnancy and postpartum. But I felt like I had to do months of, rebuilding postpartum and gentle connection exercises postpartum than I ever had to do pregnant. I felt way stronger in my pregnant body than I did my postpartum, which is wild, I think. But I just, that's why, you know, you know, I feel like more postpartum moms need more help. I feel like the fact that we have to carry around a giant carrier with an eight you know, sometimes an eight to nine pound baby in it, like immediately, that's going to apply a lot of pressure to your, to your pelvic floor. That's going to apply a lot of pressure to the core that you don't have. Especially, I mean, especially if you have a C-section or you brought your baby into the world through a C-birth, it's like you literally had a surgery and with, you know, not a lot of pregnant women dive into the rehabilitation of a C-section 
before you have one. Then you kind of have to, again, learn as much as you can in this entire new subject after you have one, because unless it's in your birth plan, of course, if you know what's coming, then you'd prepare for it. But oftentimes it's not something that people are preparing for. And it's hard. It's it's definitely hard to, to to do that, especially if you're planning for something like, um, like a like a natural vaginal birth, and you have a C-section birth. You know, there's a lot that you have to plan for already in terms of birth, and then planning for that C-section is just really hard. And I just feel like there's not a lot of handed information specifically from like care providers, from like midwives and doctors that I know of. Um, so please contact me and correct me, message me if I'm wrong, but I don't feel like they give you a lot of information on the rehabilitation from a C-section. Like you need to spend a lot more time healing and resting and allowing that scar tissue to heal. But what about the other little things that come with healing from major surgery? Like, Again, like the rehabilitation work afterwards, like most people who go in for major knee surgery have months of physio to follow. And then unless you're, you know, taking pelvic floor physio out of your pocket and you're going to source that out, like you might not have this information and there's a lot to digest. So one thing that my postpartum program is lacking is definitely you know, making it more accessible for people who've had a C-section, who are feeling things completely different because you know what, that's not my experience. And I feel like my program doesn't speak to it and I would love for it to. So I'm hoping to make some tweaks and changes to it so that it can really accommodate um, any version of birth and, and at least have some modifications in there so that if you're feeling things that are different than what I'm describing in my cues, and also I find that certain movements are just a little bit harder to rehab and uh, versus a, a vaginal birth, and that's okay. It's just the way the, the body's healing. But I went on a bit of a tangent there. But anyways, I'm kind of circling back to healing and all those things. So there's just not a lot of information and postpartum's really not set up well for your body. First of all, you're lifting again, this baby, this carrier, like extended out from your body. You've got to lift the stroller in and out of the back seat, And those things are heavy. Okay. They have done a great job in making them lighter, but like they're pretty heavy. And especially any way you have to hold anything in front of you automatically uses core. And that is just mm, right there using all that core. I'm telling you, it's just, uh, it's not great and it's not great for your body, but you know, we have to live and survive and we have to make our way through. We don't all have, um, we don't have necessarily spouses that can stay home for weeks and come to all the appointments and move all the stuff for us on, and we don't have a village. Some people don't have people who come over and help with all these things. So just keep in mind that if you are a postpartum mom, that's healing is pretend you're pregnant. Like just pretend you need to ask for as much help as you did when you were pregnant. And people should offer as much help as they did when you were pregnant because your body's healing like crazy for weeks, for weeks, for months. And it's okay to accept help in that. So my take counters all of this in. The fact that you're recovering from a physical trauma to the body that you were not prepared for and trying to help make your postpartum just a little bit better. 
because again, we have to just, we have to survive. We need to take care of these young children. These, these tiny babies rely on us a a thousand percent. We need to physically wear them half of the time in order to keep them calm. And then let's talk about how baby wearing impacts the body. Again, anytime you add load to the front of your body, it's a direct impact to your core. And I'm not trying to say that in to scare you. I'm trying to say that to empower you with this information and hopefully motivate you with this information because a lot of what our body does in you know early stages postpartum is survival mode. And that includes physically recovering. Survival. You need to hold that baby. So you're going to do whatever you can to keep that baby comfortable and calm at the sacrifice of your body. That's just how it's going to go. Primarily, that's everywhere. That's just how it's going to go. And, you know, whether you're in like the most crouched position ever just to try to get a latch, you're going to hold it there because it's really hard to get a latch in early stages postpartum as you're both kind of learning the rhythm of breastfeeding it's really hard. So you're going to hold that position for as long as you need to until your arm goes numb, until your shoulder's super sore. And like, you're going to get a kink in your neck and in your, all through your neck and through your shoulder. And you're going to do that because your baby needs to feed and you know how difficult it can be to find the right position sometimes. And that's how it goes. Same with holding and rocking your baby. You're probably going to tuck under with your tailbone. You're probably going to do this like forward lean with your shoulders to like just cozy them into your chest. And so you're going to support that baby any way you can with your body, which is not a bad thing. I just want to make sure that's highlighted. I'm not trying to come at this in some sort of way where you're doing anything wrong. You were doing everything right. But again, I want to give you this information so that you know where I'm coming from and you know why my passion is there. Because everything we do in those early stages and our body is changing and adjusting for, we're building also habits and routines and how we carry our body and how we compensate for for muscle structures and joints and tendons and things that are not strong enough in that position. We're compensating in other ways. Again, we're going to do what we need to do, but if we can just pocket this information for down the road. Because then months from now, when you're having incredible back pain, when your knee pain starts to come back, when your pelvic floor, you get a six month prolapse like me, when you have, when you get, or when you, you know, your prolapse, maybe even just symptoms increase, maybe your dysfunction increases, so maybe you're getting more leaking, maybe you're seeing your pelvic floor change and shift over the first 12 weeks. Maybe you're just overall feeling weak throughout your body. Maybe you're just trying to get off the floor and you just, you're having knee pain and you never used to have knee pain. All of these things happen because pregnancy rocks our post, our posture, our everything, our world, our entire organs literally disassemble. (laughs) Well, they just like reorganize themselves and then reorganize themselves back after you have a baby. And so your body is amazing. And again, it's going to do whatever it can do to survive. But that being said, there are some things we can do to help. And 
I'm going to put that out there because there are things that you can do to feel stronger now. It's not always going to come together quickly and nothing about healing postpartum is quick. Nothing about healing postpartum is six weeks. It's months. It's years, honestly. I'm pretty sure the last stat that came across my Instagram was your body takes 10 years to fully recover hormonally, probably the hair that falls out and comes back, and structurally 10 years after the last baby you have. So, you know, think about that long-term, the little things that you can do now that can really help you. And where I'm going with that is you can start doing little things is, you know, finding more supporting positions, just give in and carry that (laughs) breastfeeding pillow everywhere you go. And you have one in every room and make sure that you are in the most supported position so that you don't have to hold your, your, your baby and your body in those in ridiculous angles just to be able to get a latch. Now, sometimes when you're in the middle of a restaurant, you won't, you aren't able to, but in those early weeks, get out of the house, but bring the support you need with you because then you're going to have a more successful feed. You're not going to hold yourselves in these positions and you're just going to be overall more relaxed. So bring all that stuff with you. And then when it comes back to movement, especially for the active mamas out there, like the ones who are itching to get back to whether it's strength training, whether it's running, cycling, like your favorite dance class, whatever it is that's drawing you back to movement. Just remember how long the process is to heal. Okay. From me, someone who for the most part knows, well, not for the most part, hundred percent. I know what I need to do in in terms to help the diastasis separation that I have in terms to help the prolapse that I have. I know all this information and it's, and it's taken me a year. Austin just turned one (laughs) up until now to finally have a workout that has medium to almost heavy weights where I didn't have pelvic floor heaviness after, right? That prolapse didn't come back, uh, and really make me pay for it, if you will, because I took time. And now my, um, I'll get into the recovery journey of that in just a second, but, um, it takes time. I just wanted to make sure that you know that as I go into this. And I know that social media is going to tell you something different because I follow a lot of trainers who were either trainers or coaches or fitness influencers online, had their baby and are like showing you what they're doing between six and 12 weeks postpartum. And that's early. And that's great. That's amazing for them. I'm here to lift those women up. I'm not here to bring any other woman and their healing journey down. But what I am here to do is shed light on different types of healing journeys and all are strong, all are healing and all are okay. When I had Austin, I knew at four weeks postpartum that I had a prolapse. My pregnancy was hard. I was definitely not as active as I would have liked to be, but I constantly felt defeated. So I constantly felt like I was doing movements and I was getting pelvic floor pressure or um, I was getting pelvic girdle pain and I just felt struggled to connect to my core. And maybe if I had like 
a program that like I could go to where there's other pregnant people there and, you know, they would understand the pain I was in or there was movements that was designed for my body and having that accountability and community measure, maybe I would have been a bit more active, if you will. And, or at least been doing movement that I really enjoyed and that I do in my own coaching practice. So now I offer those for other pregnant women because I'm like, I want you to have the support that I didn't necessarily have or seek to find and that I wish I did. And so going into um, postpartum, I, yeah, by about four weeks, I was like, I think I have prolapse. I've never had prolapse. I don't know what it feels like, but I Googled stuff that I regret Googling. Um, and then I had to reach out to the pelvic floor physio that I work with. And she actually, her, she has her own episode up on this uh, podcast. Her name is Ibby. She is the mama's physio and she's from London here, London, Ontario. But I messaged her and I was like, listen, I need an appointment ASAP. Like get me in at six weeks or just after six weeks because I'm 97% sure I have a prolapse. And I'd really like to make sure that I am moving in a way that's not making it worse. And I love to pick your brain on the things that I can do. So I went, I met with her at six weeks and she was like, yeah, I think it was a stage three. I'm pretty sure three. There are five stages to a prolapse. And if stage three uterine prolapse if there's any other prolapse mamas out there, like shout out to you because it's a long journey of trial and error because sometimes you don't know what's going to bring on symptoms and what's going to make it worse. So if that is you, shout out to you. If you have no idea what prolapse is, I'm very happy for you. <laughs> pelvic organ prolapse is, there are varying degrees of pelvic or organ prolapse and it's something that um, that was described on an Instagram post that was not by me. So this is not my original thought, but they described it as like a dislodged tampon. And I feel like everyone just knows what that kind of feels like. That just uncomfortable, constantly moving, needing to assess and change and shift. Um, and just always knowing that something's there without, without it supposed to being there. And that's the best way you can describe the feeling of it. And then if you've had pelvic floor heaviness, again, if you have never experienced that, I love that for you. Um, that heaviness is also some, a sign from your body that you're just doing too much, too much, too fast. A lot of women get it during the first six weeks of postpartum. That doesn't mean that you have prolapse by any degree. just means that you need to rest a bit more and your pelvic floor and your body are telling you to. But Anyway, prolapse is a different story, but I am, yeah, so all I've been able to really do is really focus in on the core and pelvic floor connection and strength. And anytime I deviated from that, I think I was trying to do like kettlebell, like deadlifts or RDLs anyway, pretty heavy after a class that I coached early on, like five months postpartum and I was doing barbell back squats and doing all these things where I was like, oh, it's been like four months. I've been doing a ton of like mostly just dead bugs and really making sure I was efficient at doing these core exercises that I had um, because I also had a three finger wide diastasis. Not, not too deep, but three finger wide, which made my rib cage really wide and just made being able to get a controlled braced core really hard. So I, from there, I, um, I took the time to 
try not to go too fast, but every time I got tempted, I failed the test. <laughs> so every time I got tempted, I tried, I picked up the heavier weights. I'm like, oh, I know I can do this, blah, 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 right? And then I would pay for it for like a week. I wouldn't be able to do much movement. I would just be able to get my hips up in a bridge, which is a great position if you're getting um, pelvic floor heaviness, prolapse symptoms. It's a great way to do that. And I really think that that helped. And it just kind of humbled me a lot. It really made me slow down. It really made me see how much of a journey I needed to go on. I wasn't able to just check that six weeks, you know, that six week program where I did my foundations movement, which is what I felt like I did with my first postpartum. This time I had to really, really do the work and sit with it and be uncomfortable with the fact that I couldn't just jump into these classes anymore that I wanted to do. And I'm coaching them. I was able to do enough to just even demonstrate. And then I'm, I teach a booty and core class and a lot of the core movements I couldn't actually do. So I had to talk through the movements. So I didn't make it my core and my diastasis any worse. Because if you do have diastasis recti, which is the separation of your rectus abdominis abs, that six pack muscle that sits on the very kind of outermost part of your core in the front that uh, stretches and makes space for baby. And then after birth, uh, comes back your it comes back together for about I think it's about sixty percent of women. Uh, the diastasis will just come back, so you might have some separation for the first six to eight weeks, and then it actually kind of closes on its own. There is a large percentage, like forty percent of women, where that diastasis recti does not come back on its own, and it can depending on how deep it is. So the width is not necessarily the worst part. The width is something ideally we can train. It's the depth. It's how far can you get your finger in that width, in that gap. That's where you're going to need a, a lot more work. Some people even need surgery depending on how bad it is. But oftentimes it's something that we can really train and coach. So if you're noticing, if you're postpartum and you're seeing this coning or doming, it's just, it's so small, but it's down that center linea elbow, that, that line that travels right down the center of your, of your belly through the belly button, all the way down to the pubic bone. Like that line, you'll, you might notice some coning or pooching at the, underneath the belly button. Um, when you're doing certain movements, if you're looking for that, that's pressure in your body trying to escape. And the idea of rehabbing your core postpartum is managing intra-abdominal pressure, just like we did with pregnancy. It's a huge reason, uh, a, a huge way to be safe and effective when you are working out and exercising pregnant is managing that intra-abdominal pressure. And you're doing the same thing postpartum to prevent the, um, to prevent the, pushing away or increasing the gap and the severity of your diastasis. That's huge. So keeping that in mind about why I think this is so important. One, I'm just going to, I'll do a little recap. Why I think that taking the time to recover your core and your connection to your pelvic floor, your connection to your body postpartum. One, because you may feel great afterwards. And I'm very I'm happy that a lot of people do that. But, you know, it's never a bad thing. You would never regret slowing down, connecting to your core and rebuilding it. 
you will never regret that. Months from now, you're not going to look back like, oh, I hate that I spent so much time building up my core. Because jumping back into things like lunges and squats, while they utilize the core, if you don't know what a diaphragmic breath feels like in your body, if you don't know what a pelvic floor contraction feels like in your body, then you cannot apply them to the big movements. You need to start in that gentle space. You, your breath, pelvic tilts, rolling, even just like side to side tilts on the ball or forward and back tilts on the ball, on the floor, in different positions to try to feel what a pelvic floor contraction feels like in your body. Uh, a great way to do this is to go see a, a pelvic floor physio because they do internal, if you're open to an internal exam, they can really help assess how strong of a pelvic floor contraction you have and how much of a lengthen you have, which is very important. Your pelvic floor, and we talk a lot about this in the other episode, so I'll let you listen to um, the episode with Ibby and I, um, so go find that one, but there's yeah, the contraction and lengthen piece is huge. It's really important that we um, evaluate both because that's how you get stronger, and a strong pelvic floor isn't a tight pelvic floor. They are very different. A strong pelvic floor is where it gets back to its anticipatory state where it contracts and you don't even have to think about it anymore because that's what it is before you're pregnant, before you have a baby, before the physical trauma of birth and the heaviness of even pregnancy, like being pregnant, being pregnant applies a lot of pressure down on the pelvic floor. So you might not have this awareness while you're pregnant. So you might not know that your pelvic floor is anticipatory muscle. So when you reach down to pick something up um, and you stand up, your pelvic floor fires automatically. This isn't something that you have to cue. Um, and then if you're doing anything, jumping, biking, swimming, anything that you're doing where you're creating a lengthen and a contraction, it's doing it all on its own. You do not have to do anything. After the trauma of birth, you have to reteach it and re-cue it on when you want it to fire. You're like, yes, I, I want you to contract when I go to pick this up because then I know that I can get a core contraction. So all of my, a lot of the teaching that I do is about the pelvic floor contraction relating to the core because I need your core to fire before we do anything. I need your core to fire so that it manages your intra-abdominal pressure so you're not just pushing through all that pressure you're creating when you're trying to pick something up out your linea alba, creating even more of a distance between your core. I want you to be able to manage it throughout your entire body and I want you to get efficient inhales that are expand 360 all the way around the body and exhales that eliminate as much oxygen as possible. And this is hard to do in a postpartum body when you haven't been able to be as mobile as you want to be because that thoracic twist is so important. And it's something that we can't access while we're pregnant. We just don't have that mobility or the ability to shift side to side through that ribcage. And that ribcage expansion is huge when it comes to, again, that we've talked about this diaphragmic breath. It needs to be able to expand. So you can get that 360 inhale and just be able to have all of this beautiful kinetic chain work together as we've talked about. So on that note of being able to, you know, access mobility and now that you're postpartum, 
we should remind you that postpartum is really not set up for healing. I mean, on the one hand, you have to literally still, like you have to pick your baby up. You have to also hold that carrier, which is off to the side, which is then going to throw everything off your alignment, your strength. You have to try and recruit the rest of your body to work. I remember Austin was was literally two days old and I had to go into the hospital because he needed to get retested for one of the midwife's tests on his heart and he had failed it at home. So they sent me to the hospital and because I'm ridiculous, I said no to a wheelchair. What? Why? I literally gave birth like less than 24 hours before being at the hospital and I was walking. I wasn't carrying the baby. My husband had the baby, but I was still walking. And sure, some people, no, I don't think there's any circumstance where you should be walking at like two days postpartum. Like, and the other thing is at this hospital, I couldn't bring my husband in. So I actually had to go in by myself. So I had to go in with the, with the carrier. And I kept looking at all these people. I'm like, can you take this baby for me? Because I am, I literally gave birth yesterday and I cannot walk. Like, please get me a wheelchair. And they're just, they didn't have one for me. Unfortunately, after we had passed through the threshold, I should have gotten one earlier. I didn't. But I should have advocated for myself, but but there's this ego that came into it where I was like, no, I'm stronger. I can do it. No, I'm strong. No, I've got a great pelvic floor. I can do this. I don't need any help. Mm. Okay. So many regrets in the first couple weeks of my second postpartum. And I knew better. It was all ego. It was all me pretending like I would be fine putting this face on like I was fine. I should not have done a lot of things postpartum that I did. I wish I asked for more help. I wish I rested longer. I wish I took two weeks of literally not leaving the couch. And it's so hard. And again, I know you're not doing it out there, but it's so hard to do, but it's the best thing you can do for your long-term healing. You can't say it now, but when you look back, now that I just passed the year mark with Austin, you look back and it really is such a short period of time. I know in the moment it feels like forever and you just are like, I'm so uncomfortable. It's not okay for right now. But that postpartum feeling is not, postpartum period is not the best for your healing. You know, again, that like, that holding the baby out to one side and even baby carrying, like thinking about that load that it has on your core, directly impacting how you can breathe, your core system. And then even when you're just like, just like trying to rock that cutie little baby to sleep and you know, you're doing everything you possibly can to make that baby feel safe, right? And that's what you're going to do. And your body's going to help you do that. But you're going to tuck under and you're going to round those shoulders and you're going to be in there and you're going to rock that baby back and back and back until it falls asleep. And you're going to contort your baby or your baby. You're going to contort your body into any position to keep the baby safe and comfortable and fed. So even think about like breastfeeding again and those like ridiculous positions you put yourself in just to be able to get a good latch because you need that good latch. And it's so important and it's so tedious in the beginning to have that perfect latch. So even just trying to get off the floor. So again, feeling this, the idea of getting stronger even reverts back to when you're like newly postpartum and that first time you try to get off the floor, whether you have baby or not, and your knees just feel so different. Everything feels so much weaker. And it took me months before I could get off the floor holding my baby. Months before that felt like a strong movement for me. 
And especially if you have more than one child, I mean, I had to to get off the floor often and carry Isla. And all of this is putting so much pressure on the core. So taking it back to learning and understanding that these foundations go far past just an exercise. It goes into and truly merges with your everyday strength, everyday movement. And I remember going back to that everyday movement, I remember tucking under a lot. Just you kind of clench your glutes a little bit and tuck under and rock side to side. And if you have ever said after you had a baby, if you ever thought like, where did my butt go? Like what happened? I gave birth and my booty is just gone. I think that belly for the most part while you're pregnant makes it seem a little more offset than it really is. However, you're not able to train the same. You can't maintain the same amount of muscle mass as you did pre-pregnancy. And also because you're creating breast milk, it is one of the spots on the body where we maintain and hold the most fat and muscle. So it does use some of that fat to create breast milk too, which is a fun fact. But I'm currently in my booty rebuild. Okay. So if you need some booty motivation, uh, we will definitely have like programs out for that too. So watch for that. But with all that being said, it's more than just getting back to a workout. Okay. Bringing in these foundational pieces, connecting back to your breath work, connecting back to your body is more than just getting back to a workout or an exercise. It's so much more than that. It's less back pain, less hip tightness, less worrying about whether or not you're going to be able to get off the floor. And also it helps prevent further injury in pain and dysfunction in terms of the pelvic floor down the road which you don't think about in the moment. You think that this is the worst that it can get. But if we keep applying more pressure and taking on tasks that are too great for our body to truly, truly handle and manage, then there's going to be, I guess, consequences for that. And our body is so smart and it will adapt and change and shift any way it needs to, to survive. But we know all this information now. And a lot of our parents didn't, you know, our, our parents, didn't have this information. Our moms didn't have this information. It was just regular. You know, you have a baby and you just pee your pants for the rest of your life. You have a baby and you can't jump on a trampoline. That's just not what you do. You can't run anymore. This was just, I feel like embedded on us as a younger generation as just, that was your fate. That's just what happened. And now we know like it was normal, but now we know it's a pelvic floor issue. And now we know that there's things that we can do but you have to take the time and it's time consuming because it's slow and it's foundational work. It's not fancy. It's not high intensity. It's not like Instagram worthy, which is, it kind of is, but it's not Instagram worthy. It is like the foundation. It's boring, but it's so important. And now we do know that it's the most important time to do it as close to postpartum as you can. Because it's before you start to instill any bad habits or again, you have other muscle structures and tension being created because you're compensating for these movements because you're not able to perform them correctly, whether it's form or just not necessarily having the proper strength where you need it at the time. You know, those, again, talked about that holding, the rounded shoulders, the tight chest, feeding, baby wearing and caring, creating all that pressure in the core. And if you don't take the time to manage the pressure, 
you won't necessarily be able to make the most out of that movement and you're going to end up with a sore back, mid back, lower back. You'll get tight hips from it because again, all that clenching, you're going to break down your glute muscle and not build it back up. I mean, I hope this does not happen to you. It's just there, there are potential risks that we have seen happen in even those who have started to implement some of this training. So it's just getting to know your body. It's just connecting and reading the signs that your body is, are, are, that your body is giving you and being able to act on it. So we just want to empower you. I just want to empower you with information so that you can feel strong and you can then do with that information as you please. We do have resources for this. So I have a postpartum foundations program. It's six weeks. It's all online, self-paced. The exercises or the movement videos are about 25 minutes. So nap time or tummy time approved, or you can break them up into like 10 minute increments if you need to. It's great for newly postpartum women or under a year, especially if you've had maybe a C-section or you've had complications or maybe even prolapse where you really need a lot more of that gentle movement, that focus on retraining the body on how to react to your breath and a core brace. It's a great program for that. Six weeks, there's about four to five videos each week. So lots to do and you can repeat it and you can pro you can progress your movement and start to really build on that strength. We also have as a natural progression, just a core program that is also will be linked below. And this program is follow along videos of just core work. This is focused on building your core. Great to in, um, to kind of embed in your weekly routine. If you're doing anything postpartum, maybe like a stroller or a mom and baby program, this is a great thing that you can kind of have on hand that you can do on the days that you're not in an in-person program or on anything else. And then we also have a strength program that is all online. Again, 25 minute videos. It's also six weeks and there's tons. There's like 18 to 20 uh, videos in there, probably about 10 to 12 different routines. So you kind of repeat a few of them, but another great movement program that you can repeat and then progress through adding heavier weights, um, being able to move through that movement a little bit better. It's a great program. I loved filming that one. Those workouts were really fun for me. And if you're in person, if you're in London, Ontario, I do run a stroller movement program. We are in our last session of the year. So we'll be back in May in Oldies Village and hopefully St. Thomas Pinafore Park as well. And then I also run a like mom and baby strength program where you can come in. We put the babes on the mat. There's like a little center area where all the babies go and then there'll be stations. So it's more of a station circuit circuit at your mat type of workout that we run in the winter at the Align Movement Studio in London, Ontario. So if you're looking for in-person, that's linked below. I, uh, it also, you'll get a discount if you use the code for the love of movement, mama. Mm-hmm just a little emphasis at the end for these programs, but thank you so much for tuning in. I had to, um, really take some time to reflect back on my journey. And I know that again, I think I was meant to go through this to help other people. So I hope that something resonated with you here. I hope that you're able to input some of this into your life. And if you liked this podcast episode, please leave a review. I'll share with maybe another mama or another person that you might, that might really enjoy this episode. But I just want to say thank you for being here and I will see you in the next one.